This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. The act of cooking is a mindful experience. We always say that when we're cooking a meal for somebody or for our loved ones, that the energy that we put into cooking a meal, that can be felt. So when we put love into something that we're cooking, when the other person is consuming it, they are taking in all of that energy. So we want to be mindful right from the cooking process and then also in the eating experience as well and having gratitude for each and every meal. I mean, having food on the table is a blessing. That's Prina Chohan. She's the co-author of her recently published cookbook, New Indian Basics, with Arvinda Chohan. This mother-daughter duo are also the founders of Arvinda's Indian Spice Blends and creators of the blog Arvinda's.com, where they share a collection of flavorful recipes, kitchen wisdom, that they have both gained through personal and professional experiences teaching Indian cooking. So now let's meet Prina. Hi, Prina. How are you? Congratulations on the cookbook and welcome to the Kitchen Confession podcast. Thank you so much, Mary. It is a pleasure and an honor to be here today. And I am so excited to speak to you. Let's get into it. What can we expect from your new Indian Basics cookbook? So my mom and I, Arvinda Chauhan, um, we have been teaching Indian cooking classes for nearly three decades. So my mom started teaching Indian cooking classes in the early 90s. And um, what we had realized through our cooking classes is there are so many questions that people had about not only spices, but then also um, about how to make a perfect curry and just surrounding Indian cuisine. So the concept and the idea for this cookbook has been in the works for so many years, like it could have even been a decade, I think, where we were thinking about this cookbook and um, thinking about all of the questions that were coming to us as instructors and as guides of Indian cuisine to others who wanted to learn and who wanted to recreate these recipes at home. And so what we realized was there wasn't a cookbook out there that laid out the basics of Indian cooking in um, a manner that also really approaches the spices uh, first and foremost, which is the spices are the building blocks, the cornerstone of Indian cuisine. So it always makes sense to really spend a lot of time talking about the spices first. So what would you say was the inspiration for the cookbook? I mean, I think our goal with this cookbook is to really empower readers and empower people to cook liberally with spices and get that feel, that intuition, that um, understanding of how they can bring these spices into their life, into their cooking, and have that freedom to um, experiment and um, and understand like when they're cooking that they can taste it and then it can balance out the spices. But our overall goal is we really wanted people to experience exceptional Indian foods at home. So many questions that we got in our classes was, um, you know, they they would a lot of our students would try to make a lot of curries at home, but they would always come to us and say, for some reason we just couldn't get it right. Like there was just something; it just didn't taste the same as if we went to the restaurant, and what we really wanted to emphasize through the book is that when you take care of all these little steps, and once you have an understanding of that, your results are going to be fantastic each and every time. And we really just wanted to lay out Indian cuisine in in a way that people could experience 
that cooking success each and every time. What type of recipes can readers and home cooks expect to see included in your book? It's very much a traditional Indian cookbook. So many of these recipes, like we've got one called alu methi, which alu means potato. Methi is fenugreek. And these are crispy potatoes with um, fresh fenugreek. This is such a traditional classic um, potato recipe, uh, a side dish, what we call sabji or a vegetable dish. And this is like you know, everyday comfort food. It's our road tripping food, which I talk about in one of the stories in the cookbook. So there's like very traditional recipes such as that. Um, There's also um, some modern takes on some of the traditional recipes. So we've got a dessert in there. It's our our chocolate orange and vanilla cardamom burfi. Burfi is an Indian um, style fudge. And uh, it's spiced with cardamom. It's a milk-based fudge. And the the recipe is very traditional, but uh, we've sort of modernized it and given a modern slant to the flavor combination. So it's a little bit unexpected, the chocolate orange with the vanilla and the cardamom, um, but it's a very much a traditional recipe. And we've got some very accessible Indian spiced recipes. So one that comes to mind is the Indian styled deviled eggs. And, you know, everybody has made deviled eggs at home. I was going to ask you about that. Yes, it is like such a classic retro type of appetizer and super delicious. I mean, it takes um, a little bit of time to make it, but they can get completely swiped when they're out on a on a on a buffet table if you're entertaining they just go so quickly um but um but what i love about those is that when you take a bite of it it is so distinctly indian you've got tandoori spices that get worked into the egg yolk and then green chilies and onions and loaded with flavor so we've got some recipes in there that are very accessible and familiar and um, and then we've got so many traditional dishes from different regions of India. So I would say like one that comes to mind is called um, Kashmiri Dum Alu. Again, alu means potato. And this one hails from north, northern part from the Kashmir region of India. And these potatoes are your baby potatoes. And it's in a really spiced, like really intense a tomato-based curry sauce. And it's such a show-stopping um, vegetable side to present if you're really putting on a beautiful uh, Indian dinner or a feast. And so we really wanted to introduce readers to some different regions of, of Indian cuisine. So not just focusing on those restaurant favorites, but really giving an opportunity to explore some of the regions and some of these regional specialties. Um, but then there are those um those very accessible recipes that if anybody's just coming for the first time, trying Indian cuisine for the first time, they would be able to recognize that and say, well, I'm going to start with this one. I like to do and play a couple of games with my guests. Are you up for a quick game of this or that? For sure. Uh, Grilled cheese or mac and cheese? Grilled cheese. With spices. With spices. Do you prefer fries or onion rings? Um... I'm going with fries because I love poutine. Isn't it so good? Oh, yes. Every now and then I get this insane craving for it. It's just crazy. Poutine, I can have it anytime. (laughs) Chocolate or vanilla? Oh, chocolate for sure. Carrot or banana loaf? Mm, 
banana loaf with chai spices. <laughs> Everything for me has spices in it. So I I'm love it. Thinking. And we're, yeah, and we're going to get into that. I'm so excited. Actually, let me give you a couple more. Grocery list. Do you prefer paper or digital? Paper. While cooking, do you listen to music or do you prefer silence? Oh, I'm a music person. So it comes with the dancing, the singing, and the cooking. (laughs) Now, we tapped a little bit on this. You just mentioned that if someone has never cooked uh, Indian cuisine, what would you recommend from the book, what recipe for them to start with? Okay, so that's a great question. And the one that comes to mind is our pantry chana masala. And the reason why I call it pantry, this is the one when some nights you just don't know what you're going to cook for dinner. And sometimes you haven't gone grocery shopping as well. And you just look to the pantry and see what do I have here that I can pull a dinner together. And this is the one if you've got stocks of um, tinned tomatoes and you've got your tinned um, chickpeas or you've got the dried chickpeas in stock as well. You can cook those in the instant pot or the pressure cooker. Um, This is the one that you can make very easily when you don't have a lot happening in your refrigerator and you can turn up an amazing, amazing meal. Now, this one is also a very quick uh, chana to make. So a lot of the Indian curries take uh, a bit of time in the sense that we have to always layer our spices. So that's something we we spend a lot of time talking about in the book. But The time-consuming part of of Indian cuisine is doing the onions. And once you know how and and at what stage you need to bring your onions to, then it's fairly simple and you just follow sort of those guidelines. But with this recipe, it is very quick because it's actually just a tomato-based curry. Mm. So what we're doing is we're taking the tomatoes and we spice them with different layers of spices. And then we add the chickpeas to it. And um, and then how we serve it in the end is we serve it on a bed of spaghetti squash. So it is uh, keto friendly. It's um, it's something that if you wanted to eat, you know, say you just didn't feel like having, or you want to incorporate more vegetables, but um, you didn't always want to serve your your lentils or beans or, or Indian curries with uh, a rice dish or a flatbread, or you could still have that on the side, but it's served on a nest almost of spaghetti squash that has a lot of herbs in it. So cilantro, and then we put some ghee in there. And um, this one, I would say definitely to try first. It is it is very, very tasty and easy and quick to make. And you also have a glossary. Oh, yes. It's in the book. So a spice glossary, tips, how to cook basmati. So I'll tell you a little story about the rice. And uh, so I teach the cooking classes. So for for so many years, I've been teaching the cooking classes with my mom, uh, and uh, and I started at a young age. I started when I was a teenager. I was in high school, and I was just my mom's sous chef when she started her cooking classes. And the one thing that fascinated me the most was, and I always heard this story from my mom, was you know when we spend so much time cooking all of the different curries and we present them to our guests and we present them to our family and friends. Um, She would always say in a class that, you know, the one dish that you're going to get judged on is the basmati rice. So if it's mushy or crunchy or overcooked or undercooked, or it's not fluffy or it's sticky, um, then all of of those curries that we spent so much time cooking, they just 
all of a sudden you're going to get judged on this one dish. Because they kind of get lost. Yes. Or how you enjoy those curries is always with a fluffy, beautiful, human-scented basmati rice. And so the whole experience can get, yes, exactly. Just as you said, lost. um, if If your rice is not perfect. So I was learning how my mom was teaching how to to cook the perfect basmati rice and over the years I refined my techniques as well and that is the one thing I love to show and teach people is how to get the perfect basmati rice fluffy so we've got a little mini workshop in there but it's something I just love teaching because people tend to have problems with rice sometimes and everyone um, does yes (laughs) and then and this one, and I always say you don't have to necessarily measure the water, but it's these are the things that you're looking for. And so I've put all of those steps in there in the, in the cookbook. So, but there are other things in there. So we've got a spice glossary, we've got um, a, an Indian kitchen, um, some of the tools and and things that will help you. My mom's a big advocate. So when we teach together, there's a certain dynamic between the two of us. I know I'm a little bit more on the traditional side. I like to show the authenticity. And I guess that's a way for me to preserve my culture and to learn, um, you know, the traditional ways of how my mom always cooked all of the food when she was um, the Indian food from her grandmother, she learned from her grandmother, when she was cooking in a very rural setting. And um, so sometimes like, I mean, when it comes to spice grinding, I still love to use the motor and pestle. And I love to do everything so traditional. And the dynamic between my mom and I is my mom is a very practical and realist and of person. And her goal with our students and with um, our customers who buy our Indian spices is she just wants people to make delicious, amazing food that they can share with their family and friends, but how to incorporate in our busy modern lifestyles. So we just don't always have the time to take the long route. So my mom's all about showing, you know, you can still get to this end result. It's still authentic. It's still delicious. But these are the tips that can make it a reality. So you don't get discouraged from doing it when you come home from work. Or it's, it's, these are the time saving tips that you can take so that you can get dinner on the table for the family. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with entrepreneur and new Indian Basics cookbook author, Preena Chohan. One of the entries in your glossary that really sparked my interest was how to serve and eat an Indian meal. For me, that was really interesting and important for me because there is a way of serving it. There is, absolutely. And how we came to this section in the cookbook was at the end of, we would create all of these dishes in our cooking classes and um, you know, our, our general class size is about 25 to 30 people. And so we would have these big pots and all of our food coming out and everybody would k- get down to, you know, very anxiously diving into the food to eat uh, the, the, the lunch or the dinner. And, um, you know, everybody would pick up the forks and just dig in. And so I would just take a moment to just explain like, you know, how we pair and how we serve the Indian meal. So most often it is a buffet type of style and we would have, so family style is how we would serve all of the the meal. And then there's an art of putting everything together. So I explain this in the cookbook that, you know, if we were to make chana masala, for example, you would never just have chana masala on its own and eat like a bowl of that, you know, just on its own. 
there's always, it's always accompanied with a flatbread, a rice, some pickles, which is known as achar, uh, raita. Um, you would have maybe papadam on the side, um, always consumed with a lukewarm water at room temperature. Um, not too many cold beverages or anything, which tends to, um, you know, take away our digest our digestive fires. So, so lukewarm water is always sort of served on the side, um, and and all the condiments. These are the things that make up an Indian meal, and um, you know, when you pair it with the condiments, what happens is, you know, if I take a bite of that chana masala with a piece of a flatbread like a chapati, and I dip it in, and I have that bite. I get one experience. And then when I take some of that uh, chana masala and have it with a little bit of rice, and maybe I put, um, we have a chutney recipe, which is perfect for the holidays as well. It's um, it's a spiced uh, cranberry pear and uh, plum uh, <gasps> chutney, little spicy and sweet. It's so delicious. Okay. I'm and drooling it, already. <laughs> this can go with any meal too. It's, it's, it's got a little chili hit with cumin seeds. So delicious. But it pairs really nice with dal or any curries. And when you take a bite of that chana masala and dip it into the sweet chutney now, all of a sudden we get a different experience. So every time we take different bites on our plate, the whole meal becomes, every moment of the meal becomes a different experience. And then we also spend some time in the cookbook talking about why and how we can eat an Indian meal with our hands. Um, and we're fully engaging with each and every one of our sensories. So that is the smell and the touch. And um, so the taste, of course, is involved. And, you know, the presentation of, of how everything is presented. And I even say it's the noise as well. We take in, um, you know, all of the sounds that uh, when we're surrounded by our meal and when we're, we're, we're consuming a meal. And um, but what we do realize is that when we eat with our hands, we are fully engaged. All the senses are fired up. And we are fully present because you are, um, you know, you know, you take smaller bites as well, um, but uh, it just becomes this full sensory experience that you're fully immersed in the eating eating experience. I love so it's it. A little, it's a little uncomfortable for people who are not accustomed to it, but we definitely introduce that for anybody who wants to give it a try. And I certainly introduce it in our cooking classes. But I love and it because it's very intentional and it's a mindful experience. Absolutely. And, you know, the act of cooking as well is a mindful experience. I mean, we're on a show called Kitchen Confessions and we've all had those kitchen mishaps, right? But um, you know, we always say that when we're cooking a meal for somebody or for our loved ones, we're sharing meal a meal with others, that the energy that we put into cooking a meal, that can be felt. So when we put love into something that we're cooking, when the other person is consuming it, they are taking in all of that energy. So yes, definitely, we want to be mindful right from the cooking process and then also in the eating the eating experience as well and having gra having gratitude for each and every meal i mean having food on the table is a blessing each and every moment and um so that is a part of it is when we share food with others and when we have food to share with our loved ones um that we take that appreciation for um for that moment and for that meal and we enjoy it to the max and that's why 
I'm a huge advocate of, you know, empowering people through spices so that they can create these really delicious foods at home and make it exactly how they like it and how their families and their loved ones would enjoy it as well. Well, before we move on to the next question, I have to put this in. You did add a little hint of Canadiana into the book with your maple tandoori salmon. Oh, yes. I loved it when I saw that. I'm like the little hints of little Canadiana embedded in the book. Absolutely. And that's what New Indian Basics is all about. So very much we're using traditional techniques and there's traditional Indian recipes, but we are blessed to live in such an amazing um, country where we have amazing ingredients, fresh produce, um, and so many different ingredients that we can incorporate into our Indian Indian meals. So it's all about bridging, you know, the Indian meals and curries, but how we can incorporate local ingredients every step of the way. So one of the dishes that comes to mind is, um, I'll tell you about panch porin. I'm not sure if you know about panch porin. It's um, a, a Bengali five spice. I'm not sure if you've ever I don't. tried it. Do tell. Yes. And this is Again, we we wanted to introduce our readers to different regions of, of of Indian cuisine because it's like traveling to another country within the same subcontinent. You just go, um, you travel one hour. The food culture, the traditions, the geography, the 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 climate, so much changes, and the cuisine changes dramatically. So, um, coming from um, West Bengal is. Uh, uh, Bengali cuisine is known as panch porin. Panch means five. Porin is a technique that we talk about in the cookbook as well. It's a tempering of the spices, releasing their full potential and how we uh, incorporate, um, you know, we, we release their full potential through um, uh, sauteing it in, in a hot oil. So, um, so this particular spice blend consists of um, nigella seeds and there's fennel and cumin and um, the nigella seeds are oniony. They've got a bold, distinctive onion flavor to it and then fenugreek seeds. And um, so this one, we this one is an Instapot recipe and we put that in with the chana dal and then we put in um, pumpkin. And if this recipe was made in India, they would use some bottle gourd, a, a, a very specific squash called lauki, or we call it dudi. And um, it's very inaccessible. Maybe you wouldn't be able to find it in your major grocery stores here, but why not incorporate what we have in abundance? And so for this recipe, I love to pair it with any type of squash or like um, actually butternut squash would be perfect as well, but pumpkin is is our choice in there. So, so we do try to incorporate uh, local ingredients wherever possible, and uh, the techniques are very authentic and traditional, but, uh, but we can certainly substitute and use our, our ingredients that we have grown right here in Canada into the book. So you up for a few more games with us? Absolutely. Okay, fill in the blanks. I'm always late to blank. Sleep. Blank is how I temporarily escape. Yoga. Blank is my love language. Cooking for others. If you weren't doing what you were doing today, what would you be doing? Um, I would probably be doing something in um, definitely still in food, I think, or uh, sustainability. So my background educationally is I did um, my master's degree in environmental studies and something in corporate social responsibility or dealing with a lot of the environmental issues of the day and and how we could 
help. If I could go anywhere right now, I would go to blank. Oh, wow. Patagonia. I want to try blank. First, I was thinking of a food, um, maybe fresh truffles. Okay. I always, I always use the truffle oil, but I never cook with the truffles. I ask every single guest to share a little kitchen confession with us. Do you have one that you can share? I do. I have a, I have a handful. I think everybody has a few of them for sure because... Um, you know, we were talking about this earlier about being mindful in the kitchen when we're cooking. It is, you know, something that we have to be aware of all, everything at all times. So um, the, the story I'm going to tell you is about uh, masala chai. So again, I'm a huge masala ch- chai drinker, big tea drinker, tea fanatic. And um, so I was teaching uh, masala chai in a cooking class, which we normally do. We always say that when we have guests in our classes, whether we're inviting people to our home, anywhere, we have a guest coming, we always uh, treat them as gold. And our, our guests are um, almost like God. Like we just have, we just treat our our guests. Um, it's the, the true spirit of Indian hospitality. And how we often uh, show that is through a cup of masala chai. So somebody comes over we're going to greet them and uh, serve a cup of masala chai. So at the beginning of our cooking classes, so this particular class probably had about 30 people in the class. So we're making a pot of masala chai in a big stock pot. So it takes, even though we're using induction, um, it still takes a bit of time for the water to boil. And we add the black tea and the spices. And so while I was chatting to the group, so I had all of the group around me and I was demoing how to make the authentic masala chai and telling some of the cultural stories behind serving masala chai. I had a tin of, of the spices and I was probably chatting and I kept adding and adding. It was for 30 cups. Like we had 30 okay. servings yeah. of masala chai. And, and, you know, I love I like intense spice and I like a lot of spice. So sometimes when I'm, when I've got a group, I'm always conscientious. Some people like it mild and some people like it spicy. And we always get a gauge of our, our group, but in this particular day, and they were watching me, they saw me keep adding and adding and adding more masala chai. I was just probably so engrossed in the storytelling of what I was trying to tell them about masala chai drinking in India and some of my experiences that I almost probably put like a whole tin of masala in this. It was a big pot and it can handle a significant amount. And so, and then my mom came to me and she's like, Preen, I think you put too much masala in here. This is insane. How much masala you put in the chai? We served it up. I mean, it was intense and it was very bold. But the ones who didn't like it, you know, the ones who were who were on the milder side was just like, wow, we just all our senses are open. Yeah. So um, so it always brings us back to like, you know, being mindful when we're cooking and especially right. when you're using your spices, just being conscientious of <laughs> what you're <laughs> what you're adding and how you're adding it. But this time I was definitely getting carried away. Oh, I love <laughs> so. that. Thank you for sharing that. If listeners want to reach out for more information, how can they find you? Where can they go? How can they connect with you? So our cookbook, New Indian Basics, is available um, wherever you buy your books. So that one just came out. 
our, our website is arvindas.com and we sell um, all of our, our family recipes of our spices there. And you can find us, there's a contact page there with our email address, or, or you can send us an email through there, or you can follow us on Instagram at arvindas. Perfect. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. You were such a joy to chat with. Oh, thank you. It was lovely to chat with you as well. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mamalini. Thanks for listening. 